Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Here's San Francisco and the incomparable forward, Rick Barry. Behind the line, they burn him again, and it's Barry. And now Rick Barry, the league's leading scorer. What a superb basketball player he is. Hello, everyone, and I don't know when you're listening to this, so good morning, good afternoon, good evening. I don't know if it's 2 o'clock in the morning and you've had a tough night out there. I hope everything is good with you. This is Rick Barry here on Warriors 24, along with uh, my cohort and sidekick, uh, Cyrus Satchis, the surf man himself. And, uh, yeah, we got a lot of things to talk about. There's always a lot to talk about when it comes to the NBA, Cyrus. Wouldn't you oh, agree? Yeah. Oh, yeah, so much. It's Despite the ratings being down, people are interested. Yeah, well... Yeah, they, they are, and but the ratings are down. There's no question about that. But since you brought that up, should we get into that immediately? I mean, that's, to me, in my humble opinion, that is uh, the story right now in the NBA is, is that TV ratings are down, and there's a big question of why. So, yeah, let's jump in. Okay. Uh, yeah, let's definitely get into that. Um, so go ahead and give people the stats on this, and then we'll so, get into it and discuss it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's rather disturbing stats. So the NBA's early season ratings right now on TNT, they're down 23% from a year ago. And ESPN's ratings are down 20% from a year ago. In terms of regional sports networks, that means your local affiliate that carries your local team, their numbers are down 13%, which is not as bad. Um, but those are severe declines. I mean, I mean, we're talking over 20% declines. That's a fifth of your audience that just said, F this. Why do you yeah, think no, that is? Not good. Not no. no, not a good thing. I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that a lot of players have been hurt and this craziness about you know resting players and doing it. And, and if the players aren't playing, people say, "Well, I'm not going to watch that if he's not playing." I mean, right. so it does have an impact. There's no question about it. It's it's like what happened over with the China situation and the comment made you know with the GM of the Rockets and the, the Hong Kong situation that it's been a little bit of a downward spiral in a lot of ways for the NBA because that's going to cost them just an incredible amount of money. And now with the ratings going down, that's going to have a major impact on far as sponsorships go because sponsors are paying money based a lot upon the ratings. Right. I mean, so, sports, sports has always been known as that DVR proof uh, media format, meaning people watch it live. And so advertisers want to actually spend money on that program. But with these numbers, I mean, that's, this is not good <laughs> at all. I mean, no, and it's not. And, and here's the thing is, I mean, before, remember, this happened before with the, with the league a number of years ago. You, you might be too young to even remember this, but uh, <laughs> it's, the, the, no, the ratings really went down badly because all of a sudden, all of the coaches decided to save their jobs and stuff. And they all started slowing the game down. And they're having games. They're having games in the seventies and eighties. Are you talking about like the nineties and early 2000s? Scores. Yeah, I'm talking about the scores. Yeah. We're in the seventies and eighties. Back when Mike Fratello was coaching at Cleveland. I, this is a great story. Mike got mad at me because I had him on my radio show when I was doing stuff at KMBR. Okay. I don't know if you were my producer at the time or not. but uh, And I said, Mike, wait a second. What, what are you mad at me? I said, look, people, I may have, I said what you said, which is basically, you know, Mike Fratello is there trying to do it. And I and said, that's all they probably told you. I didn't tell him. I said, I understand why Mike did it. He didn't have a team that really could run. I mean, they didn't have the players to play an up-tempo game. And so to give himself a chance to be able to win, he decided to slow it down. But then a lot of other people started to do that, and the game became very boring. I mean, you were having college teams scoring more points than the NBA game with 48 minutes being played. 
Right. Fratello was always was a very defensive minded coach. I mean, he, he never really emphasized points over defense, but he was mad at you. I mean, he actually like well, he thought because he only heard one side of it. Just as I say, you can't believe everything you hear. It's just like right. you take things out of context. I had that happen to me in college and I stopped talking to a reporter. He asked me about, say, Rick, when you hear the crowd yelling, shoot, when you're playing, because I was the leading scorer in, in the nation, do you hear them? I said, yeah, yeah, I hear them. I said, but I was taught to be aggressive and to try to find a way to score every time I touched the ball. And I would try to find a way to get a shot and score, provided I didn't have a teammate in a better position. Well, he left the last part out. And the headline, <laughs> Rick, I hear the crowd yell, shoot, so I shoot. What? <laughs> you know, and so I told him, I said, look, that's it. We're not talking anymore because you decided you wanted to have a story and you changed my, changed what I said by not talking about the last part of it. Yeah. And that happens a lot. You see it all the time in, in media, when you, especially when you get into politics, that they only take a portion of what somebody says because it meets the criteria of what they would like to have their story be all about. But in essence, if you took everything that the person said, you couldn't, that part of the quote becomes meaningless. Right. So that's, that's kind of, that kind of is what, what happens. Well, but yeah, back then the, the ratings went down big time. The NBA was really concerned about it because it really was kind of boring to, to watch the way that they were playing. And now yeah. it's certainly not because of that, because maybe now, because I don't know if teams decide that they're not going to play a lot of defense. I, I don't know if the offense has gotten to be that great, but they're scoring crazy number of points. So it can't be because they're not scoring points. But I think a lot of it has to do with the way the, a lot of the teams play. It's not a lot of fun to watch a team come down and stop and jock up a three-point shot. That's true. And just do that and keep firing up threes. It, it, you know, when you're passing, you're moving, you're cutting. If you really do like the game, and I think where they're losing people, they may get the people who are just the casual observers. I think the people who are the purists who really like the game and understand the game, I don't think the people are happy with the way the game's being played when it comes to that. Right. Because well, not as many teams playing the game the right way. Now, I was getting excited because I saw last year a lot of teams are starting to do that. I mean, the Raptors did it. It helped them win a championship. Mm -hmm. You're starting to see three, four, five passes. But it's difference between seeing just four, three, four, five passes as far as cutting through, moving, actually running something to create an opportunity and then taking advantage of what happens when the defense makes a mistake, which is the way the game was designed to be played. And so – that's not happening with a lot of teams now. I mean, and unfortunately, I have to pick it out. But, I mean, the Rockets, the way that they play and the way that, that you know, they allow Harden to play, it's not fun. I mean, people, so many people I know talk about it. It's, it's no fun to watch. I mean, it's, he has the ball in his hands for a lot of times, 18, 20, 22 of the 24 seconds, and everybody's standing around. I mean, how much fun is that to watch? And so many of his points come from free throws, which are well. Then he just drives and goes to the basket. He gets to the free throw line. I mean, and I, you know, they're gimmicky. Congratulate. Listen, I will say congratulations to him. What he did, twenty-four for twenty-four from the free throw line. It's that's you know, I, my hat goes off to anybody that excels in that area of the game. That was of an incredible performance. The most, I think, what the most uh, in a game that somebody ever did without missing a free throw. That's, that's an incredible stat and it's a good number too, 24. But, um, <laughs> so, yeah. but anyway, I mean, that, that's just not fun to watch. No, it's not. It really I, it's is not fun to watch. And that's why I, I enjoy it when teams play the game in its purest form. Okay. So call me old school, call me whatever you want. But if you understand the game, I don't see how you can enjoy watching the way a lot of teams play the game. I agree. My, Michael Jordan, in my opinion, was the rare exception to the ISO style of basketball being entertaining to watch. Yeah, and but hold on. But hold on. Let me let me stop you here, okay? And, and 
I'm going to stop you there because it wasn't like they just came down and Michael had the ball at the start of the play and he just went one-on-one and did his thing and controlled everything. Most of the time they came down, they ran the triangle offense, they ran something, and with five seconds or something to go, Michael would get the ball and go one-on-one if nothing evolved from their original offense. Right, but even before the triangle, I mean, back in the Doug Collins days when Jordan was putting up even more points, um, it was he was just so entered. He was just such an incredible talent and one of a one of a life one of a lifetime type players. You know that it was fun to watch. But James Harden is not entertaining. It's it's not something that's captivating. It's not something that makes you want to actually sit it's there. Two, here's two things are going to happen. He's going to come down and dribble the ball through his legs, do all those crazy things he does, get a guy to position, do a step-back three-point shot, or he's going to do that and go by the guy and drive to the basket and get fouled or maybe make the basket and occasionally make the pass. <laughs> and the fouls are so gimmicky. I mean, either he's barely being touched or he's, he's using these tactics like flailing, throwing his body into other players, and these refs just keep blowing the whistle, and those free throws are boring. People don't watch the NBA for free throws. Yeah, you know, and, and and now the, the the flopping's coming back. Back in the yes. days, Jerry Sloan and, and uh, Norm Van Leer were two guys from the Chicago Bulls used to do it all the time. And flopping got to be such a joke, <laughs> and they finally started to really crack down on it. And and now it's getting crazy again, where these guys are just acting out and doing stuff. Who's the guy from the Clippers that did one? I watched the Patrick game the other. Beverly. Patrick Pat- Beverly. You got fined the guy. That. Yeah, and just justifiably so. I mean, it was so blatant. His head snapped back in a way that the blow didn't even come from. It was like, it was, it was hysterical, actually. It, it and was. talking about crazy things. Oh, my <laughs> heavens. How about LeBron walking? I mean, I, even he said, he said, I don't know what the heck happened. I had a mental breakdown or something. I, he said he felt bad for the officials. The officials are going to have to get fined for that. It was one of the most blatant things that you've ever seen in your life, that there's three officials on the court and not one of them blew their whistle. Seriously, uh, that, that tells me that the league definitely has favoritism for LeBron. I do think there is an edict that's sent to the officials saying certain stars should get some leeway because there's no other justifiable reason for the league for the, the officials not calling that. He held the ball and took like three steps, and then started- it was yeah. amazing. I, it was absolutely incredulous the fact that that would not have been called, and then and so yeah. I, I just shake my head in, in astonishment at that. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I, everyone I, did. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, it, was, it really, truly wasn't bad. Then Jimmy Butler, I watch it. I was watching you know, when I'm, I'm late, usually late at night stuff. I'll, I'll watch Scott Van Pelton figure what happened during the day. And they yes. you know, got some stuff on. I like him. And they put a, they put a highlight on of Jimmy, Jimmy Butler, right? And this is the highlight. They put a highlight on saying Jimmy Butler again, doing talk about how great the highlight was. It was a blatant travel. Hmm. So obviously nobody said a word about the fact that he traveled. And that's the thing that I, what, okay, I'm going to use that. That probably should be, let's do that right now. Okay. We'll start out. Let's give me, give me Jack. You ready for the truth? Uh, no, no, not Jack. No, you I don't want, want Jack. It? No, give me the music. No, oh, give me the you, music. I don't want Jack. Give me the Are music. you going crazy? I'm going crazy. Something's driving you crazy? Yeah, yeah I'm going crazy. What's driving you crazy, Rick? When, when stuff like that happens, <laughs> the official on that play with Jimmy Butler was standing right there looking at him. I froze, the, I freeze framed it and wrote it back a couple of times. There he was. He was eight feet maybe, looking right there at him. Jimmy Butler, if, if you watch the replay, I, I, he, stopped, he, he committed himself and had, a, had his left foot as a pivot foot. 
Then he stepped back with his right foot, picked up his left foot, and went forward to go and get himself a shot. I mean, it, it was so ridiculous. When I see that, and I, I'll go back to another one that really drives me crazy. And, and this will take me, I'll go to my grave with this one. Just okay. <laughs> the Spurs there with my son was on the Spurs, obviously. So I watched it. When they lost to the Miami Heat, they got screwed so badly. And I was so disappointed in the NBA that they said that you have a step to gather yourself. They were in the close game back down in Miami, right? And they got it done. And the shot was done out. And they threw the thing out, <clears throat> threw the rebound, the, the rebound out mm-hmm. for the three-point shot. Okay. You remember this? You remember this in the playoffs? And I think it was game six. It might have been game six or five or six down in Miami. But it was a difference. If 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 this it was a game for the Spurs to be able to win the championship, yes, win another six. title. Yeah, yeah. Game this is when Tim right. Duncan they this got pulled out of the game. Yeah. Yeah. And Tim, yeah, he was but and people got a lot of criticism for that and all. Why is it why wasn't he in the game? Yeah, the offensive rebound and everything. And so the rebound, they 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 missed this. The Miami misses the shot. Okay, and then they throw the ball out, and a three-point shot is made by well, I think Ray the Allen. guy, yeah, Ray by, Allen. no, huh, yeah, by Ray, and and Ray shoots the shot, and he traveled. I mean, I I replayed it so many times. Look at it. He caught the ball. He had both feet planted. He picked up a foot. He stepped behind the three-point line without dribbling, and then moved what was his pivot foot back to be able to get set behind the three-point line and made the shot that helped them win the game. Yeah, this is the... It was, like, it was so blatant, and the officials weren't even there. And then there was another play that I saw I'm watching, and the official right there, you can see the replay came up. The official was there, and one of the players grabbed the jersey of the guy in front of him, and held, and the whistle never blew. When, when certain things happen that are so obvious... And the officials don't blow their whistle. Yeah. I go absolutely nuts on it. And I'll give you another great example of it. And I remember it. I mean, is when you get late in the game and you drive to the basket and there's contact and both players go to the floor and they don't blow the whistle. So I'm sorry. I said, if you have two players colliding down near the basket on a drive to the hoop and they both wind up on the floor, it had to be either a block or a charge. It can't be nothing. Right. But it's because of this almost edict that's out there. Don't, you know, let the players determine the outcome of the game. And I've said this so many different times. The players are determining the outcome of the game. Unless it's your friend. They committed Kiki. a foul. They unless committed your, a foul. Unless it's your friend Kiki Vanduay who decides um, to add a flagrant foul after the game's over on Draymond Green so that he's suspended for a game in the finals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, no, yeah, that's. I'm, I'm serious. This, this is the kind of stuff that that it, it's it's very hard to deal with. And, and the same thing, like even in football, I watch some of the things that happen in football. I mean, one of the things that I think it was the 49ers got screwed out of being able to win a some championship. I mean, because of human error. Yeah, and that's well, why I'm all for replay. I really and truly am. You can say anything you want to say. Oh, it slows the game down. It takes too much time. Listen, if you can determine the justice of a call and the righteousness of a call as to whether or not the official got it correct or not. You need to do that, especially in championship situations when you're in the playoffs. My gosh. I mean, you put your whole heart, body, and soul into the entire season to try to win, and you're going to be denied that opportunity by a human error because an official blew a call? 
It's insane. That's I why agree. I love it. And that's why I love what I love what tennis did with the line calls. Yeah, the, 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 that new feature, you're right, where they rely on the oh, technology. Thank you. The technology to show yes. sometimes by the slightest little bit that, I mean, so how can a human being have seen whether or not, obviously they were wrong. They overturned a lot of the stuff. You should have the right to be able to do it. And I do like the thing with the challenges and, and all the stuff that's taking place. And they need to do more of it. And they need to do something with baseball and get to the point where, you know, and I will say that they do a great job overall but they don't get it right all the time. You know, these close calls, bang, bang calls at the plate or at first base, whether the ball's there in time or not, they're, they're accurate at, to a very high degree, but not all of them are accurate. No. No, baseball is a perfect example of where in my Balls opinion, and strikes. Oh, my God. It's embarrassing. When they had that overhead camera, it got to be so embarrassing, they stopped doing it because you could – now they, it's back where they show a replay, and you could see clearly that the ball never crossed the plate, and it's a strike. Yeah, and baseball, I think you, you could get rid of the umpires. I really you think could. you could. I really think you actually could, except for the, no, except for the play at home. You know, when the guy comes home and they get a close play at home to be able to do that, I think you can do it. But the thing is, is the balls and strikes that there's no consistency in the strike zone. When I played, which baseball was my favorite sport, it was from you know from below your chest, right? You know where your breasts are. From there down to the top to your knees, top of your knees, right? Right. Yeah. That's the strike zone. Well, how many times you see stuff where a ball sometimes up high there is there. It should be a strike, but they don't call it. And then the strike zone is like for every umpire, it's a different strike zone. Yeah, I, I, that would drive me out of my mind. I mean, and, seriously. And going back to basketball, just this, just I think two days ago, James Harden had that dunk that had that weird effect. I don't know if you saw that, where the ball went through the hoop, but the net caught the ball and flipped it backwards up through the rim. Yeah, After, once the ball passed, once the ball passed through the cylinder, it should be a. It's it's a, it's a point. It's two points. It's a field goal. But the yeah. ref dis, yeah. disallowed the goal, the the, the basket. Yeah, and, <laughs> it's crazy. No, it's a malfunction on the part of the net. I mean, seriously, right? Exactly. It was, and that's obvious. For some reason, the refs uh, ruled interference against Harden. <laughs> Didn't give him the basket. It's crazy. It's yeah. absolutely crazy. So, so going back to these TV ratings, so um, this, this individual named Daniel Roberts, he's a, a finance reporter with Yahoo, um, he, he broke down a few reasons as to why these TV ratings are down. Um, and some of these have validity. So, so one of the reasons he cited is the fact that a lot of stars, and these right. stars are almost associated entirely with the Warriors, whether currently or just previously, are out, right? So Kevin Durant not playing. Huge draw, right? Uh, the Warriors have two of the biggest stars in the world in uh, Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. They're out for the whole year. And the Warriors are, were the most popular team in the NBA, and they're just not even relevant right now. So that's a huge draw just that's out. Um, he, he lists the Marcus Cousins. I'm sorry, that is not a draw in the NBA. But Zion Williamson being out too, he was, he was drumming up a lot of hype. And who knows when he is going to play if ever, Right. So those are four huge stars not playing right now. Durant, Curry, Thompson, Zion. Um, and, and an interesting stat from the story, 64% of every nationally televised game so far has had a star missing because of injury, and load management is included in that. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a factor. I knew that that was certainly one, and, and the fact that you have a number of big-name players who aren't uh, participating right now. And so, yeah. you know, they'll overcome it. Hopefully, they'll 
the races will stay close and somebody won't be running away with, and then it'll get more intriguing and then it'll pick up for them. But right now it's, uh, it's not looking good. That's no, for sure. but, but I but think he, we, go ahead. No, but see, Dan also lists a few other reasons too, right? And these are, and again, all of these contribute. I mean, they, they make sense. So one, another reason is West coast imbalance, meaning that, Nearly every star in the NBA is playing in the Western Conference. I mean, there are a few exceptions, obviously. But because of that, a lot of these games start late. So a 7.30 start time on the West Coast is 10.30 on the East Coast. Which is crazy for most people. Right. People just can't stay up and watch that, right? So that's, that's a reason. Another reason is the fact, and this is where uh, Mark Cuban has been the only NBA owner who has come out to comment on the, the decline of these TV ratings. And Cuban is saying that, a huge reason for it is the fact that the NBA is opting not to broadcast any of their early season games on national network television, right? All these games are either on cable, whether it's ESPN or TNT, and there's just been trending now for the last two, three years of people pulling the plug, right? We've heard that, that, that phrase being uttered uh, time and time and again in the media that people are basically pulling the plug, meaning they're opting to subscribe to uh, like apps or digital services like a Netflix, like a Hulu, as opposed to being on cable. And so a lot of subscribers to ESPN and TNT are pulling out as a result of that. So you have less viewers available to watch those games. Local, I'm sorry, national networks like ABC, NBC, so forth, those are still available in everyone's homes, whether or not they're getting Hulu or whether they're getting cable. So Mark Cuban is making the point that we need to have more NBA games on national networks as opposed to cable. I don't know if that he, there's validity there in that argument, but. Well, I mean, it's saying. something that he understands and that's, a, that's an area that, uh, that he's pretty astute at. And so he's examined it and I'm sure the NBA is examining it as well and they'll tweak it and they'll try to try to, uh, to rectify the situation and, and make it a little bit better, but there's always factors that you know, get involved, but certainly yeah, and this the is... biggest, fa- the biggest factor is the name players that are out and all the other craziness with this load management nonsense and, people just to getting turned off by it and some of the things that we brought up and discussed is the way the game's being played by a lot of teams i really do think i mean personally for me i don't really like watching a lot of teams play and it's disappointing to watch the warriors play that's for sure oh my god <laughs> well i think this shows in many ways just how big of a draw the warriors were these last five years because all we saw until this year was the ratings and numbers go up and up and up and I don't think there is a coincidence that with the Warriors' decline, there's also been a decline in ratings. But this last point on this list, and, and, I, and I think this might be a huge part of it, is the fact that for some reason, the NBA has kind of been accepted by Twitter as the official sport for that platform, right? I mean, Twitter, the NBA on Twitter is gold. I don't know how often you spend time on there, but between the commentary, between all the memes, the little video clips, I myself find myself watching less and less basketball because I go on Twitter. I I find out in two seconds who won what game. I find all my highlights there in two seconds. And that's another reason that um, they're putting, and for example, this, this up and coming social media app, it's called TikTok. I don't know if you've used that. It's like Instagram, but videos only. And they're a partner of the NBA in China. And uh, again, more and more people are going on these platforms, and that could be another huge reason too. And if that's the case, I don't know what you do if you're, if you're the NBA to resolve that. Yeah, they have to, <laughs> yeah, that's a big that's no, that's a big decision that they have to make and see if it's really impacting them that much um, negatively. Right. They 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 have to take a very serious look at it. So because what the NBA, I'm sorry, what the NFL and, and Major League Baseball, what they've done is they've really taken control of all their content in terms of social media, and they block it. 
they ban it. Like you do not see a lot of baseball highlights on, on social media. You don't see a lot of football highlights on social media because the NFL or MLB comes in and flags those posts right away. And they claim DMCA, the Digital Millennium Copyright Act, and those platforms take those clips down. I don't think that's happening in the NBA. You might start seeing it now because of this. I think it's a very strong possibility. And then there's the other possibility too, like you said, the stars. Maybe, maybe there's a lack of stars. And you and I talked about, you brought up a great thing a couple of weeks ago. It's called the price of admission, meaning who has the most value individually for someone to actually take time out of their lives to watch them play, right? Um, so we made a list. Did you make a list, the price of admission? Yes, I, I, I did. Who is, who is your, I, I made a I don't team. have it in any particular order. Gotcha. As okay. to, you know, one through 10 or things of that nature, but I, I have even maybe a little bit more than 10 guys okay. to show you. But again, it's, that's fun. They're the worst, the price of admission, but a lot of times for some people, they might be worth the price of admission for me and we can go through it. And I'll, I'll, I'll throw out the one right now that we've been talking about already. Okay. That if you really just want to watch somebody play and do it and you like that kind of play, then you would have to say that some people might really like watching Harden play. I mean, the guy is pretty amazing. I mean, his numbers are off the freaking charts when you look at it. I mean, he's, he's averaging almost 40 points a game, 39.5 points a game, right? And it's incredible. Eight, eight, and eight assists a game. So he's first, he's first, he's in the t- t- he's first in scoring and seventh in assists, and he gets six rebounds a game. Those incredible. are those are great numbers, incredible numbers. But then again, and somebody might really enjoy and love him, be a big fan of his, and you know, God bless, he does some amazing things. But to me, he's not right. I'm I'm putting it down. I wouldn't if I had to do the top ten. I have him up there listed as a guy to do it. That somebody might put him there, but I wouldn't put him in my top ten because to me, he's not worth the price of admission. He's not in my top ten because it's well because it's. I mean, he himself does stuffs amazing, but it just doesn't make it fun for me to watch the game. It's boring. It's very boring. And honestly, so, like to me, the Rockets, that entire team, one of the best teams in the NBA, not watchable. I, I just, it just is, is not, maybe in the playoffs when they're playing the Warriors, yeah, but regular season, yeah, it's just not watchable to me. All right, so, so is Harden is on your list though? Well, he's, he wouldn't be my, I have more than 10. But okay. he, he, I wouldn't put him in my top 10, but I did, I did list him because I do think what he does is pretty spectacular and some people might really enjoy it. And for them, he may be worth the price of admission if that's what you like. So who else is on your list? So, well, I have LeBron James, obviously. Obviously. Uh, he's 25 and 11 right now. And that's uh, in the top 10. He's, he's 10th in, in scoring and number one in assists. How's that? Incredible. Yeah. He just com- continually uh, reinvents himself. It is impressive. Yeah. It's very no impressive. No question. And then I have Steph Curry, uh, who's not playing, obviously, right now. But, I mean, I just think Steph is so much fun to watch. And I don't – the stats of don't anything now as far as where he's standing. But I'm just saying a guy that I put on that list. Uh, a Kawhi Leonard, it would be yes. a guy that's there. That I just love the way that he plays and goes about his business of doing. Although he's not in the top ten in anything. He's 25 and 5, which is, you know, there's a lot of guys doing some good stuff. But I'm just saying for a guy that's really f- – I enjoy watching play because he's not about himself. He's not pulling on his shirt. He's not bringing attention. He just goes out there and does his job, what he gets paid to do. Yeah, he's on he's, both ends of the court. I, I would say if you're gonna if you're gonna draft, if you are in a hypothetical situation, if someone's gonna give you a team and you have just basically one of these mock drafts, I would pick him number one. 
If I'm starting no, a team I take from scratch, Giannis. I take Giannis. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you can't. I mean, you can, to have a big yeah. man that's doing the stuff that this guy's doing, and now he's shooting the three. <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah, I hear you. I hear I you. I mean, seriously. I mean, you know, you, you always got to go with a big man if you can get a big man. <laughs> I mean, especially a guy that, you know, that can play, that can do the stuff outside, but also yeah. will go inside and attack the basket and do the things that he does. Yeah, I'm jobs. with you. I hear you. <laughs> <laughs> and he's on my list, obviously. He's yes. uh, he's 30, 31, 31 points a game, which is second. And uh, he, you know, you don't do this. And he also gets five assists, which is nice, but he's also, he's also fourth in rebounding at 13 rebounds a game. Yeah, that's that's true. I mean, 30 points, 13 rebounds is, in my opinion, one of the greatest highlight uh, single season stat lines you can get. Right, I mean that's like well, Will not Chamberlain. if you not if you bring Will Chamberlain into the equation. Well, well, yeah, that's what, yeah, right, right. But I mean, <laughs> I mean, he, yeah, and and honest, and when we get to the twenty four second shot clock, Wilt is going to be on that part of my question. But go ahead. So who's who else is on your list? Is uh Luca Luca Dutch? Yes. I mean, this guy has been unbelievable. Uh, Thirty and nine. He's third in scoring and second in assists, and he's sixteenth with ten rebounds a game. He's Insane. I mean, he's almost got a triple double. Right now, but that's impressive for a twenty-year-old who played overseas and came over here to adapt to the game and play at the level that he's playing is very, very impressive. And also to wind up playing a position that he hadn't been in before. Now he does get in trouble sometimes with some turnovers and all when he gets some young. quick guys on he's him. Young. But he's still, still a really, really you know terrific player, and I think he's fun to watch play without and question. isn't and isn't Doncic a perfect example of all the schmucks that we have as as nba general managers and personnel i mean how many i mean he was what the fourth pick so you had three you had three yeah had, I mean, there were three gms out there that had a chance to take this guy and they passed on him i mean hey I mean, listen it's not just him it's cyrus this happens all the time i mean some of the choices that some of these teams make these guys should be fired i mean seriously agreed I mean, but here's the deal a lot of them are leery now because look at how many foreign guys have been busts that people have taken over the years who never really panned out. And then you do have some that turned out to be outstanding players, the Tony Parkers, the Manu Ginobili's, you know, I mean, the Gasols. I mean, the, the guys who have turned out to be really nice players. And uh, yeah, but there's so many of them that haven't. That's the thing is they, I don't know what they watch when they, but usually the foreign guys have better fundamentals because that's how they get taught over there for years. It has been fundamentals, fundamentals. They get all of the teaching videos, the coaches over there, and they worked on teaching these guys how to play the game the right way. So yeah. Anyway, the, the people didn't miss on him. There's no well, question. The, well, the Suns and the Kings missed on him because the Suns took DeAndre Aiden. You know, they're regretting that. And the Sacramento Kings took Marvin Bagley the third, which you know they're kicking themselves right now. I mean, I, how do you pick those? I, I, Lucas seems like what, such a sure But this sure is thing. what I'm telling. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. What did they look at? It's crazy. I mean, you can go. You can write a book about the bad draft choices by <laughs> NBA teams. I mean, the Warriors for many, many, many years could have written chapter after chapter after chapter the decisions yeah, that they that's... made for the personnel. I mean, they may be looking back, unless something dramatic happens right now. Have you seen the stats on pool? Oh, it's a disaster. 20-something percent from threes and twos? Yeah, him and Jacob Evans are just, uh, I mean, they're a total disappointment. Yeah, I don't, there's no way to spin that. There's nothing yeah. positive to spin about those guys, except that the, their teammates like them. 
I think that might be it. And, I'm and not again, saying they're bad people, but I'm just saying this guy's getting 25 minutes a game, and these are the numbers that he's yeah. putting up there. I, I don't even want to get into personally where that hurts me, but uh, <laughs> uh, to see that with my well, team and knowing anyway, let's let's not even get into well, that. That's right. The, po- uh, the, the positive spin is that the Warriors are tanking, so he's helping in that regard. <laughs> sure, unbelievable. Well, but the bad, the sad uh, part is, is their defense. Oh my God, it's got to be driving you know yeah. the coaches crazy to see how bad their defense is. I mean, there's no excuse for not going out there and putting forth a good defensive effort. Seriously. Those two guards, like somebody wrote, I think somebody wrote it already. They had a chance to go ahead and have a burger and fries before anybody came out (laughs) to guard them. I mean, seriously, how do you, how many times you could let a guy, the one guy, he made 10 threes, right? He got to take, how, how many does he have to make before you realize I'm not going to let this guy shoot a three? Yeah. I mean, come on. I don't know what to tell you about it's that. It's embarrassing. Right? Yeah, it is. It is. Absolutely. Let's go my list again and go yeah, down here. Please. So, so yeah, I, then else? I've got uh, Damian Lillard. Yes. 27 and 11. That's uh, He's seventh in scoring and 11th in uh, in assist. Oakland native. Which is only a tenth of a point. He's only a tenth of a point of being out of 10th place in the assist. So very nice player. Fun to watch. Solid. Uh, Anthony yep. Davis. Another guy I think really plays the game well, does a lot of good things, and does some great movie. Well, he made, did you see that great movie made, the spin movie made in the dunk? Just yeah. Yeah, last night. Whoa, whoa that was sweet. Um, 26, eighth in scoring and uh, nine rebounds a game. Uh, I'm surprised he's not doing a double-double. I would expect him to be a double-double guy. I think the only reason why is because there's so many other big players on that team that are taking rebounds. Yeah, yeah, I understand. But I'm just saying he's still good. I really really like him. I've always liked him. Yeah. You know, uh, Carl Anthony Towns, another guy. I didn't even put him, but he's another nice player that I think is really fun to watch. Really quality young man doing some things too. But he he doesn't have the numbers. Russell Westbrook, even playing with Harden, amazingly, is averaging, you know, 22 and 7. And and eight and I think it's twenty two seven and eight rebounds if I'm not mistaken. Crazy. It is crazy. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm playing I'm, with that guy. I'm so looking forward to the postseason just to see. I mean, I'm, I'm guessing in the second round we're gonna get a. It looks like a Rockets Clippers matchup, and I, I'm so excited for that. I really am. It's gonna be yeah. two good games. Well, hey, don't count out the Nuggets. Yeah, they're the fourth seed right now. Don't count out the Nuggets. I won't. I mean, and I have him on my list, not because Jokic. of the numbers he puts up, you know, 16 and six and six assists and 10 rebounds. But the thing is, is I'm just talking about a guy that's fun to watch. The Joker? The Joker. Yes. Yeah, baby Huey. Yeah. <laughs> so he, 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 he's fun to watch. He is. I mean, so I can see then, uh, the other, another young kid that, that, you know, I think, you know, Donovan Mitchell was kind of fun to watch. He's 25 and four. He could probably do a little bit more. I mean, 25 and four. I mean, 25 is nice and the four is nothing to write home. I mean, he yeah, assists, but he, he could do a little more, maybe rebounding, but he is a fun player to watch. Um, yeah, very athletic. And, and of course, Trey Young. Trey Young's Dynamic. doing some great stuff. I mean, he's in the top 10. He's fourth and third in points, 29 and eight assists, fourth and third. That's pretty impressive for a second-year guy. He and he and, and Luca are, are two really, really fun guys to watch. They're the young players that are there. I mean, And they're intertwined. He actually, he's actually doing better at this stage of his career in his first two years than Steph Curry did. He is. I mean, he, he, he's the only player on that team. So he's the primary offensive focus, really, that has legitimate yeah. offensive talent. But yeah, he is. He's doing well. Much and better. he's doing a great. He got what? He got 39 last night. I mean, yeah. And, and teams are focusing on him. And he's still doing what he's doing. So he's very talented. impressive. And I then, do wonder. Uh, I do wonder if him and uh, you know, because him and Luca are intertwined because the Hawks traded that number three pick, which would have been Doncic for them. 
for Trey Young. They went down two spots and got a second pick, I believe. But uh, you got to wonder if the Hawks regret that. I mean, Trey Young is fantastic. I mean, I don't think you regret drafting him, but you could have had Luka. <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't know if they're kicking themselves for that. Well, I, it, that's one of the things there. It's, uh, it's kind of... I, I don't think so. No, nah. I, okay. I mean, come on. You still got a hell of a player. So you that's did. the, that's the most important thing. Paul George would be another one. That's kind of fun to watch. His yes. numbers aren't spectacular. He got four assists a game, which is nice and 24 points a game. And, uh, and the other one, another young player that's kind of fun and we'll see how he continues to develop is, is, is John Morant. He, I really think he's kind of a fun guy to watch. And then another guy that even though he's very controversial and doing stuff, but as far as, you know, kind of fun in the way that he can play the game and some of the stuff that he does is, is Kyrie Irving. Well, he, I mean, no, he's phenomenal. He's 29 and seven. He's 29 and seven. He's sixth and 12th, you know, sixth in scoring and 12th in, in assists. So he does some pretty amazing things. It's just that, and he's a very intelligent guy. I mean, when I listen to him express himself, I mean, it's, it's impressive to me, but uh, for whatever the, the issue is, I, I, I don't know. I, I just, I did lose a little respect for him when he said, I want to be the guy and he went to Boston and things just went yeah. south up there. I mean, I, I mean, come on, you, you got a chance to play with one of the greatest players in the history of game. You got a championship and all. Why would you not want to play and continue to be there? I, there I had know. to be so much more to that. That's the thing. He and, and Kevin Durant, I would really just love to be able to know the real true main reasons why they decided to leave my theory is that they they both to me embody the all the negative stereotypes that come with the millennial attitude of entitlement about being me yes about me it's it about not, me it is not about the team it's about me and that's that's mm. what i see a lot with those two it's, I I think that, right. I, maybe in, uh, with the comp the one comment that he made about Kyrie, yeah but i didn't necessarily ever see that in in Kevin. I, that's why I'm so, yeah. I, I just, I just like to know the real true answer to it. As I say, they had that interview when he was on with Stephen A and the other guy. And I mean, but yeah, they never Max, answered. Max Kellerman. Yeah. 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 Well, I don't even know both of those guys. My <laughs> wife, my wife says, turn down the sound. Will you? Um, so uh, yeah, no, but it's, they never asked the question. I mean, they had him there and they never really got into finding out why. I know they part tried, of it I mean, was they, Draymond and the Draymond, but why? I mean, they, they didn't really, they had a great opportunity to do it where they were afraid to offend them or whatever. I don't know. Come on, ask the question. You're a reporter. If you're really a good reporter, you got to ask that question. So well, I mean, the question is why, what's the main reason why you left? Why would you not pose that question to someone that you had on your show? I think they did pose it to a certain degree. But no, they didn't. They let it fly. I listened to a thing. They let it slide. But Durant, they let him get away with it. It's like they were. It's like it's like. Listen, now I didn't want to get into that because I'm not going to bring politics up. Um, it was fluff. No, no, no. Bring it up. What were we going to say? No, no. I don't want to bring politics into okay, it. Okay. It's like they deal with stuff, and they all have you go, and you give the you know the the uh, you give the easy questions. You don't really get into stuff. Balls. You yeah, make yeah. it. Yeah, throwing the softball up there. The you know throw up the big old fat ball no <laughs> i don't, I don't. I so anyway those are those are my guys that i have on my on my list that it's uh, a great list that I, that I thought were were uh were people that i would put put it put at the top of of the list there that are yeah. pretty good and there's other guys that are out there that are nice players and doing stuff but these are kind of special and those then, are, oh, yeah, those the, the other kid you know the other kid that's showing some nice promise for stuff and all is booker i mean he's he's a nice player uh, oh, Devin nice Booker with the Suns. Thing. Yeah, yeah. 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 The, the Suns are declining a little bit, but they're still in the playoff race. And uh, yeah, he is. He's, he's a great player to watch. Um, so, so here's my – I actually did my list 
from from what from a, a top ten list, ten to one. I actually put them in in order of, in my opinion, who is worth the price of admission, right? In other words, who which which of these players would you be willing to spend money on to watch, right? So number ten is Paul George, who is an entertaining player to watch. Uh, his numbers are not fully there yet, but he also had a late start to the season, and I'm sure his numbers will improve. Uh, number nine is Damian Lillard. You had him on your list as well, and you also had George. Number eight, Jimmy Butler. I yeah, do you know, Jimmy's another one. I was just, th- you know, it's so funny because I was just thinking to myself, I said, because he had a big game last, you know, last night as well. And he is a fun guy. And I like that he plays with a, with great intensity and as passion. well. And he's, yes. yeah, he really does. I, I do, I do like, uh, I do like that about Jimmy. And I just love who, who traveled tough. on that highlight play. <laughs> I just, and I respect mentally tough people. I do think he has a mental toughness to him. My number seven is uh, Zion. We haven't seen him play yet, but well, I can't put him in there because I don't even haven't seen him really play in a regular game. So I know, but I but know. when but I'm looking forward to it, and I do think a lot of people want to see him play based off the highlights from college. Um, so so that's why I have him as number seven. My one big man on this list, uh, number six, is Joel Joel Embiid. Um, just, and it's not just a style of play. It's the fact that he is not afraid to stir things up on the court. It makes things entertaining. Um, he gets in, he gets in tussles routinely. I think he's already been in two fights this season. Um, I love his post-game interviews. He's, he is worth the price of admission for me. I don't, I don't know if you agree with that or not. No, I, I, no, he'd be up in, up in the category of those players that you would certainly, some people would have an enjoyment out of watching him play. He does play with, a with, uh, uh, with an enthusiasm that I like, I should say, yeah. I guess, you know, he has love for the game. I really think he does. Um, number five, Jason Tatum. I know, I know the numbers are not necessarily there yet, but the, the Boston Celtics are number two right now in the Eastern conference standings. I love his style of play. I, I just, to me, aesthetically, any player that resembles in terms of style of play, Michael Jordan type, right? So whether it's Jordan, Kobe, um, again, I see Jason Tatum kind of following that, that lead right now, Jimmy Butler. I just love shooting guards who just know how to score, know how to take control of the game. And I think Jason Tatum has those intent intangibles. Even if the numbers well, what, are, what are his numbers? You have his numbers right there. I actually, uh, no, I should, I'll, I'll look it up right now. No, go ahead. Keep going with your list and I'll, I'll have it. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, so number, hold on, what, so Jason Tatum was number five. Number four is LeBron James. I mean, he is one of the greatest all-around players in the history of the game, and the fact that now he's leading the league in assists is is phenomenal. Um, and he's a playmaker. I mean, it's it goes without saying. Number number three is Luka Doncic, who and Luka could become number one soon. In your opinion, Rick, I've, I've heard a lot of people say this: Is he the greatest twenty-year-old in the history of the NBA? Who's that? Luka Doncic. Uh. I, I, yeah, what he's doing right now, the performance that he's putting on and doing it, I don't know if anybody at that age has ever uh, played that well. Right, because in your era and even well into the 90s, players stayed in college. Right. Until yeah, we at least didn't have, we year, didn't have right? a lot. I was, I was young. I was only 21 because I, I went to school early. I was a year ahead of myself in school. And so at 21, I was really a young guy. And to be able to, uh, you know, to come out and, and make, you know, for me, I mean, it was still a great honor. I mean, I still have the, I still have the, the uh, laminated sporting news thing of me being chosen when I was nice. a rookie of one of, you know, first team all pro as a 21 year old coming out of college, you know, who turned 22 later at late in the season. Um, you should it, be proud it, of that. It doesn't, yeah, well, I was, I mean, I'm still, I kind of pinched myself about it, but the thing is, is that that doesn't happen very often that somebody at that age plays at that level. And so, yeah, without question, he's, He's a special player. No qu- I, again, which still shocks me because he's another one. He's a junior baby Huey. 
<laughs> he'll he'll tone up. I think he'll tone up eventually. But you're but the, yeah, if you, the Joker. If you put a the diaper Joker on and him, don't you, don't you see, they could be they could be brothers. <laughs> yeah, if you put a diaper on, on on the Joker, I could see that for sure. Well, you know, they got the same way. You got to pronounce their name, and they're both kind of there, and they're both white, and they both yes. they both don't have any any cut chiseled greek god bodies right now yes so. they're not chandler parsons but they white. sure they're as hell doughy. can play <laughs> yeah they're, they're not they're not chandler parsons why they are doughy white they are i'm with you on that uh n- number two I, go ahead finish up and i've got it uh number two is Giannis. i think that goes without saying i did to and number one is Kawhi leonard i mean i said there's a there's a dunk he pulled last week which was one of the biggest most monstrous dominant dunks i've ever seen in a regular season game and it was just an embodiment but it looked effortless but it looked effortless it did it did it really did and it was so funny because afterwards a reporter was asking him about it and he was like what do you want me to say and they're like what can you describe it and he goes well i looked at the basket i dribbled i jumped and i dunked it was just it was just him him well that's what i love about him he's just he's just he's there's no pretense about him he's just who he is he gets he does his job and i love it uh jason tatum is 21 points a game that's good uh 21 points a game and uh seven rebounds which is not very nice and you know almost three almost three assists but the only thing is is he only shoots 40 percent maybe almost 40.6 percent from the field which is not good shooting no it's not and and he's uh, he's okay he's he's a decent three-point shooter at 34.8 which is which is decent and he's an 82 percent free throw shooter but i do like him he's gotten better i remember seeing him in college when he was at duke in fact, because I remember my son was playing against Duke. They played Duke in Christmas time in Madison Square Garden. I got to see him for the first time there uh, live. And he's he's making himself into a very, very nice basketball player. No question about it. Yeah. Yeah, he really is. Um, so, and, it was, and, and again, from that price, from that list, I admitted players who are not playing this year. Uh, which, which, so I took out. Well, Clay Thompson would be another one I put on. I mean, well, well, today, first of all, is the three year anniversary of Clay Thompson scoring 60 points in 29 minutes and 11 dribbles, uh, which is to me one of the greatest accomplishments I've ever seen in the NBA. It, It was one of the most craziest games. And yes, I, Clay Thompson. Stephen Curry, Kevin Durant would be in that list. Yeah. And when we talk about these ratings being down, I do think those three players being out are playing a huge part in this as well. These are likable stars. Yeah, yeah. and they all they, and the amazing thing is they're all on the same team for those yeah, years. Exactly. I mean, but yeah, no, all three of those guys are definitely worth the price of admission. There's no question. I mean, Clay plays the game like nobody else has played it and put up numbers like nobody else has put up um, with having the ball in his hands the probably the least amount of time of any player in the history of the game. It's crazy. And Neil Harden did just uh, the other night scored 60 and three quarters as well, but he played, I think a minute more and dribbled much more than 11 times. Uh, do you want me? Well, he dribbled more than 11 times in at the first possession. He had yeah, the in ball. the one possession. Exactly. Yeah. So <laughs> um, are you ready for the 24 second shot clock? Yeah, I have no idea what you just throw it at me all the time. I do. So let's go. Yeah, that's we'll, the premise we'll of this: is that I, I have know, no idea yeah, what I'm throwing at you. You have okay. 24 seconds. So, 24 right. second shot clock in a hypothetical situation. Uh, you're starting a brand new NBA team, and you could take one of these two players in in their prime. Right? Who would you take in their prime? Will Chamberlain or LeBron James? Will Chamberlain. And why? Because the center that can do the things that he could do uh, is no question about it. I mean, he's got numbers that nobody's ever seen. He could pass the ball. He can block shots. You always want to have a rim protector and all. As much as I love LeBron, I would take Wilt. Bam, there you go. 
did not need 24 seconds for that. <laughs> um, and are you ready to drop a truth bomb? Or uh, I think you've dropped a lot of truth bombs, but I just love hearing Jack. Should we hear Jack? Do you have anything for us here? Uh, let me see. Uh, you want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Well, I think the truth is we already handled the truth at the beginning so. of the show. That is that the NBA needs to do some revamping and some real analysis of what the heck is going on to try to take control of the ratings and the fact that the ratings are down so significantly. I mean, the truth of the matter is that's a serious issue. Huge. Very serious. Issue. I mean, it's different if it was, you know, three, four, five percent, even anything under double digits. But when you get double digits up at 20, <laughs> it's crazy. And more, that's, yeah, that's, that's a serious issue without it's question. Crazy. And I'm sure they're very concerned. And there's probably been a lot of conference calls between the commissioner and <laughs> owners of the teams about, hey, what the hell is going on here, guys? I do wonder if, um, you know, I, I don't know if it's a coincidence or not that the NBA has been talking about all these new uh, changes, right? Uh, some of them seem gimmicky. Some of them seem to be legitimately interesting. Maybe, maybe that's, I, I don't know if it's just a coincidence that all these ideas are coming up at the same time that the ratings are down. Uh, I know they've been talking about this for a while. What are your thoughts on that? We might as well touch on that real quick. Do you, do you like the idea of an in-season tournament where the winning team gets an extra first-round draft pick? Uh... I, I don't know. I'd have to, I have to really take a much more serious look at seeing some of the things that they're talking about. Uh, like the reseeding for the conference. Well, finals. Yeah, I know. Well, I'd like, I like some of that stuff there. Yeah. I mean, seriously, but the biggest problem is, is that you don't have a balanced schedule. I mean, and so the seedings and stuff to take place. I mean, so somebody has a better record, uh, they get to get the home court advantage, but you know, if you're in the East and you have a better record as opposed to the West, does that yeah. seem fair? I mean, because no. it's much more difficult in the West because you have so many teams that are better teams. And then, you know, the midseason tournament, I mean, who knows? I mean, I, I, I don't know. I mean, do you do that? If you're going to have a midseason tournament, maybe if they can do something to eliminate the all-star game, that would be good. Uh, maybe, have, <laughs> maybe, have, maybe have the tournament there and you pick the teams that are the top two teams and you have – a game on Saturday and Sunday and do a double header or something like that and have it actually be a serious game. And the teams that win that that helps to get you seated in and you can qualify for the finals. You know, I don't know. And qualify for the, for the finals at the end. I, I don't know. Come up with something, but anything to get rid of the all-star game would be great. Uh, Cause it's not, it's just not even a game. I mean, it's just, it's just, you should call it the all-star exhibition. Yeah, That's what it should be. Cause it is. Yeah. Change exactly. the name. No, seriously change the name. Cause it's not a game. It hasn't been a game for decades. It's, 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 it hasn't. It's 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 I, it's it just hasn't. Uh, and but if you like to go and you want to be entertained, they do some amazing things. I mean, I still remember that crazy thing, the bounce pass that Steph Curry made. I think the last season, the last one or the one before that, he made a bounce pass from way out in the left hand side that went up over to the basket, and I forget who it was that went in and caught the ball and dunked it. I mean, that was crazy. That was crazy. Yeah. I forgot. I forgot who that was. They got it. Yeah. I yeah but that. anyway, I'm just stuff like that sticking here. But if you want to see some amazing things, these guys. Do do some amazing things and be out there to be entertained to watch it. You went there with that premise, then fine, do it. But don't call it a game and don't be putting these records up in the book that they broke somebody's record in the all-star game. That's a joke. A joke. Yeah. Uh, it's an insult to me. <laughs> uh, Rick, before we go, I want to give uh, Warriors rookie Eric Pascal some love. He's the first Warriors rookie since Clay Thompson. That was seven years ago to tally 10 plus points in nine straight games for the season. 
He's doing great right now. He's averaging over 17 points per game. His rebounding numbers, I think, should go up, though. I think he's averaging less around five. Um, props to Eric Pascal. Good job, yeah. kid. Keep it going. Yeah, he's doing a nice job. I mean, but it, we're still getting back to my old thing, and I said I'd be harping on it all the time that we do this. Just look <laughs> at the inconsistency factor. <laughs> I mean, it's a roller coaster with these guys. A guy will go out and have a good game, and then the next thing you know, he has a lousy game. And it's like, I mean, you only get, during the course of the season, as I said, maybe eight games where you're going to struggle and do some things. But some of these guys already have eight games that they've had those issues with, and they haven't played that many games. So you just can't, yeah, you just can't be that inconsistent. It really, it just doesn't work. It really truly doesn't work when you're inconsistent. Because as a coach, you can't rely on the guy. You don't know what he's going to do. And... I just have a real problem with that. I really, truly do. So anyway, congratulations to him for doing well. I think, well, yeah. he's, the, he's the elite. Is he the, I think he's the, is the second in scoring for rookies or is it Correct. leading scorer? Yeah. Second, I believe, after yeah. Job Morant with the Grizzlies. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, se- I mean, second. That's impressive. 17.3 points per game, five and a half rebounds. He's shooting over 50% from the field. Right. His I mean, numbers are good. He shoots over 80% from the free throw line, which I like. I mean, yeah. so he's got, he's got some nice numbers and he still, still shoots, you know, at least he's up in the thirties for his threes. His threes aren't anything you're right home about, but they're, but it's also, it's, it's, it's an acceptable percentage. Yeah. And uh, yeah, but, but, but again, I just like to see somebody I, don't go out and get me 30 and then get me six and then get me 20 and get me eight. I mean, yeah, it's, it's that's. I just want to see more of the consistency. But the thing that's almost disappointing about the Warriors is their defense. It's just it's 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 an abomination almost. <laughs> I mean, it's so embarrassing sometimes how bad these guys are. And I know the coaches are not happy with this, and I know they're working on trying to tell them about how to play it properly. And this is why it's so difficult. This these are these are the type of things fundamentally that these players should have all been schooled on from the time they were a little kid. And that's the problem with basketball today. And in the United States and the, and the AAU garbage that goes on, not all of them, but there are a lot of them probably more than I would say more than 50% are programs that are not advantageous for kids because they don't teach them the fundamentals. There's no way that a kid shouldn't understand ball man relationship, shouldn't understand weak side defense, shouldn't understand the concept of, Team defense is what helps you win. And I keep, I keep getting so tired about people talking about the fact of the matter is I heard something. Like, yeah, well, he hasn't done a good job or write, read a story that somebody says, yeah, well, he doesn't play very good defense. It's not about individual defense, folks. And I don't care how good you are. I've told you this many times. You're going to get beaten. The greatest defender will be beaten by a great offensive player more times than the other guy is going to make it hard for him. He just makes him work harder. You need help. Yep. So even if a guy isn't a good defender individually, if he is a good team defender, he's going to be a bonus to your team. If he happens to be a good individual defender, then he becomes even more of a bonus to you because he's going to make it more difficult for the man he's defending. And he's not going to need help as much, which means that your overall team defense becomes better. Simple fact. Beautiful. Rick, always a pleasure, sir. Always a pleasure. And uh, yeah, I will... uh, Look forward. I'm actually going next week. It's a, they have a, a big banquet that they have, and they recognize players. That Calvin Murphy is actually going to be there getting recognized okay. this time over in Boca Raton. They're a bunch of good old, really die-in-the-wool, old-time basketball fans. They love it. <laughs> they honored me there. I mean, they, you know, Dave nice. Bing was there last year, so I'm going over to see Dave Wiseman and the guys and seeing a bunch of those people over there next week and do it. So I'll probably be doing my show from after the uh, – 
after that that luncheon that they have over there in, in Boca Raton. So uh, excellent. We'll be, try uh, and we'll try to get ESPN reporter Royce Young on. Uh, I know he wrote that story about. Yeah, we uh, can have some fun talking about that about yeah. the free throws and and what. <laughs> it was really interesting to read that because it's not something I can totally really relate to. So we'll have some fun with him talking about that. Hopefully, Royce will be there joining us. Meanwhile. Yeah. Uh, again, everybody, I hope you, you had a great Thanksgiving and uh, hope life treats you well. And if you're a Warriors fan listening in, uh, just understand that it's going to be a tough year and hopefully some good things will come out of it. And we'll, as the season goes on, we'll start talking more and more about some of the things that the Warriors might do and the speculation of all the people writing stories about this guy getting traded and that guy getting traded. Hey, it's all a guess, right? It's all a guess. <laughs> and so we'll pick up on some of that stuff and we'll give our nothing but the truth opinion and talk about that as well. So stay well, everyone. God bless. Cyrus, always a pleasure. And Likewise, we'll, talk, we'll look forward to our next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.